Hi, and thanks for listening to the Turtle Talks podcast, a podcast which will cover the comings and goings of the Happy Dancing Turtle Garden crew through the upcoming year. We'll cover topics ranging from planning your garden to putting your garden to bed. Now, to learn more about us, go to happydancingturtle.org. Now, let's get started. Thanks for joining in again. This is uh, Turtle Talks with the Garden Crew. Uh, my name is Colin McLean, and I'm joined with Jim Chamberlain, Allison Ryan, and Dave Wilson, and they're here to talk about... We're here to talk about soil health. <laughs> Every time we're Every here to talk. Every time. Uh, and they're here to talk about uh, the final soil health principle And before we move on to other things. Uh, but first, we're going to take a little bit of time and talk with Dave here. Pull you aside here, Dave, and we're going to have a garden update. Now, you were talking the other day about uh, seeing little footprints in the raised beds. What happened? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I uh, came in on, on Monday morning, and it appears that we we have some mice action now in the hoop house. <laughs> so we made it uh, past our cold snap, and uh, everything made it. So we were using our extra row covers to um, maintain some some extra heat overnight, but we're past the, uh, the cold weather now. So we've been seeing some ice action, and then we've also noticed that we've got some cutworms um, uh, in the raised beds. Do you have to do anything so, special to get rid of the these pests? Well, um... Mice action? Mice action, yeah. <laughs> mice action, <laughs> yeah. nice. Okay. Well, for the mice action, we um, usually just um, set some mouse traps and then we try to seal up any um, any openings that are kind of low to the ground in the in the hoop house. We use steel wool and and things like that because they can't chew through the steel wool. Sure. So if there's any cracks or holes down by the base, we put some steel wool in there, and then uh, we use mice traps. Mm-hmm. So uh, they work pretty good. And then I uh, heard some uh, log cutting just this afternoon. You and Allison were out back. Yep. What were you doing with the the, the chainsaw? Well, uh, Jim and I went out on Monday and we marked some trees for mushroom logs. And um, so we go out in the springtime when the oak trees are still dormant. So we want to try to cut them before the buds start to open up. And you want to use a, a live oak tree that's still dormant. So uh, that's what we were doing. And we cut about um, 55, 32 inch logs. So, and they're anywhere from four to eight inches in diameter so uh, uh, not too heavy uh, we want them light enough so we can um, put them in our in our holding tank so when we soak them uh, throughout the summer they're easy to handle and so you're not going to inoculate them anytime soon or have you already next week next week okay uh, yeah the week after next mm-hmm. and then soak them up and yeah yep. sounds fun yeah i just want it to be kind of like most garden plants, you want it to be past any hard frost before you inoculate your logs. Mm-hmm. Yep. Pretty good stuff. I've had them. Well, thanks, Dave. Yep, you're welcome. Oh, drop that. Uh, yeah, feel the funk, y'all. Uh, yeah, feel the funk, y'all. Oh, yeah, you lay back in the cut. What's up? What's up? From Alpha to Omega, VHS to Beta, PlayStation to Sega, my skill is still greater. The sickest thing since BD, wicked like VG, with my life crooked like the left finger on ET. Please believe me, this beat a real estate. They're just principles. Principles. Yes. We can use more of these 
things they call principles nowadays. <laughs> don't put that. Don't don't put that. No, I'd say that louder. <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> we need more principles around. Please explain. Huh? What? <laughs> uh, no, let's move on. He says. <laughs> I think so. Um, well, that's fine. As you said, so living roots. You're talking about having living, green, growing plants in your in your soil, is better than just having any old uh, weeds or anything like that, right? I mean, it's if you're going to have something in your garden, you might as well have something you want in your garden, right? Well, we, yeah, we live in a temperate climate, and if you see most of our natural plant communities, they have living roots year-round. So, if you if you look at most gardens and most agricultural landscapes, they have plants growing for, what, maybe three months out of the year, maybe four at the most, and the rest of the time the land is bare and isn't growing anything. So, like we've talked about before, all those microorganisms that feed off the plant exudate, that plant's not, and all that other stuff, they, they, they lack that food because there's no living plants, there's no roots for those microorganisms to feed off of, whether that's through the plant exudate or, or symbiotic relationship through like mycorrhizae fungi or something like that. So we're talking about the, the plants keeping, um, we're talking about kind of a symbiosis there is what you're talking about. Having mm-hmm. the plants bring the, the nutrients down into the soil and then that the roots giving this 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 this, snot. this snot, this food to the organisms within the soil, which in turn make the soil what you want it to do, doing what it wants you to do. What Bi- you want it to do, I should say. Biologically active so that it can so that it can perform the function function of nutrient exchange. Sure. And feed the plants. Well it makes the, sense. The plants and the plant roots are the food and the shelter for the microorganisms. If you take that away for half the year um, they're not. They're not going to survive. Yeah, look at look at you go past on Highway 371, right? And during the the winter time, it's just flat. These corn and soybean play, you know, fields, right? They harvest it in October, even before that, and it's gone, right? There's nothing there, just flat dirt, right? Um, if you were to do a soil test on something like that, and you did a compared it to a soil test on say something that we have, you know, our soil right here. Do you think they'd be similar, or do you think there'd be... It depends on the soil test. Sure. Hmm. Well, is it full of potassium? Is it full of... <laughs> Chemical soil test might not tell you as much as a biological soil test. Yeah. So, yeah, you'd find a very diverse, or very, a much less diverse biological community in a, in a field that doesn't have, that, that's not implementing the soil health principles. Sure. Uh, yeah, the organic matter just wouldn't be in that soil as much as you'd like to see, I guess, because they um, don't really, well, well, some do, but some don't really incorporate, you know, the wouldn't be as much organic matter in the soil, I guess. So. Well, if you take it out and just leave it for, you know, like Allison was saying, six months out of the year, it's not going to be anything for these poor little organisms to, to, to feed it, on. Makes sense. It's kind of a matter of productivity, too. We want our land to be productive. And if you look at like a, a forest, you know, the classic picture of, you know, you take a picture of a cornfield with woods in the background, the first of June, 
you know, and the corn's maybe up three inches. People on the radio can't see my fingers, but, <laughs> you know, the corn's up three inches, maybe four or six inches if they got it in early, you know, around the 1st of June. And you look in the background and here's this wooded landscape that's completely leafed out in green that's been photo photosynthesizing for, for a month, maybe more, maybe not this year, but <laughs> some years, you know, as much as a month or more before the corn is even out of the ground. And so, so that, that landscape, that perennial landscape is actually growing, utilizing sunshine to capture capturing sunshine and, and converting that through photosynthesis into into a, into production into plant growth and the more we can utilize that whether that's through cover crops or um, other crops that overwinter or through perennial vegetation um, perennial plants that we can utilize harvest fruit and nuts from or something like that um, yeah more diversity more productivity sure so I mean so so Objective one, make sure that soil's healthy. Make sure that the organisms that live within the soil are healthy. There's got to be other reasons, though, that you want to keep plants in the, uh, in the soil. Oh, that's Roots it. in the soil, that's it. <laughs> A number one, yep. right there. Keep that. Keep the soil healthy. Keep the soil healthy. Yep. Well, I think that there might be some other benefits. Maybe we should go over that. <laughs> so the definition of soil health, once again, is, is soil function. The ability of soil to function, to cycle nutrients, and make them available for your plant. 85 to 90% of that is soil biology. So if you want to buy, so if you want to be able to cycle those nutrients and have a functioning healthy soil, you need the biology and 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 living roots is one of those principles that supports that. It's important to keep your soil covered for several reasons. One of those is like you mentioned, soil temperatures. So if you put a thermometer next to you have two two plots side by side and you have one that has living plants growing on it and you have one that's bare soil that temperature might be 15 degrees hotter or 20 degrees hotter on a hot day the bare soil could be that much hotter than than one with with plants growing on it just because the plants are trying to are working to temper that to moderate that temperature same thing with mulch if you put like a, a mulch on it whether that's straw or leaves or or whatever that will help to keep that temperature down and microbes are just like us microbial communities don't like it really hot and they don't like it really cold so by keeping the soil covered um, you help to moderate the soil temperature so it doesn't get extremes microbes start to die off about 90 degrees and I think it's when you hit about 104 106 just not too far over the human tolerance they start to die yeah so and a bare soil on a hot sunny day can you reach 120 degrees you ever walk on a beach with your exactly. uh, with your sandals exactly, off? Exactly, right. Ouch. 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 <laughs> Keep your soil covered. <laughs> Put a blanket on it. Not not a not a uh, beach towel. We do <laughs> in some cases we do use like for our really hot crops like um, heat loving crops like watermelon we actually put down landscape fabric to increase the temperature to get it warmer earlier in the year. That gets that that gets those watermelons and those heat loving crops going a little bit faster early in the spring when the soil temperatures are cool and then by fall or by the time it starts to get real warm those leaves from that vegetable crop or the watermelons will start to cover that that black landscape fabric up and cool it, it off cool. sure spend all my money on pretty things diamante shoes and all these diamond rings 
Yes, I spend my money on these fancy cars On a jack-in-the-box And old trips to Mars Yes, I and I Oh, and I Oh, and I ain't got no shilling left for me you guys have a favorite cover crop that you like to use? Spend all my money. Quackgrass. Yeah. <laughs> quackgrass. You don't have to do anything, Quackgrass will show up. What a trooper. Yeah, I can see why that's your favorite one. It's already there. <laughs> David, would you, would you kick her? <laughs> we might, we might like, have maybe a favorite mix because we like diversity too in our cover crop. So. That makes sense. But a good a good beginner's cover crop, a good species to, for beginners in cover crops, and probably one that is our go-to one more than anything is buckwheat. Um, yeah. Buckwheat's fast growing. It's excellent at smothering weeds. It comes up fast so that it provides a canopy and it keeps weeds from germinating or suppresses the weeds from growing. Um, and you touch it with any kind of an implement and it dies. So. No, I've seen that. Yeah, you can just yeah, you've got those little those little uh, what do you call them? The the stirrup, stirrup hose. Yeah, you just basically whack it and it dies. I've seen you do that. It's really kind of neat, actually. So buckwheat's a a really good one. Um, Rye. Rye, yeah. Um, Grain rye or or, um, winter rye is a good one. a little harder to terminate it over winters. So that's one thing we look at is whether we want it to overwinter or not. Um, a lot of the brassicas, so uh, field turnips, uh, daikon radish is a popular one. Um, one rule of thumb that they talk about is to have one of each of cold season and warm season broadleaf and a cold season and a warm season grass. So like a Warm season broadleaf would be the buckwheat. A warm season grass could be like a sedan grass or corn would be a warm season grass. Hmm. Cool season grasses would be grains like oats, um, something like that. A cool season broadleaf would be your, your brassicas, your field turnips or your daikon radish or something like that. So that's a good rule of thumb for your for, bait, for, for a start for a diverse cover crop mix. Would you like... <clears throat> would you harvest these grasses? Uh, would you use them for anything besides just maybe just tilling them under at the end, or just well, letting the best them thing rot? to do? The best way to utilize them is to graze them. Oh, for your livestock, sure. Yeah, you're, Not, you don't see people running around. We don't, there see, just da- we don't see Dave out there grazing yeah. on them very often. <laughs> Once in a while, when he doesn't get lunch, but <laughs> you see some some hillbillies with them in their teeth every once in a while, right? You know, <laughs> you're saying something. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. There's something in there? No, sweet grass. Sweet grass. Uh, how about um, anything about the cover crops that uh, um, help with inputs, like nitrogen fixing cover crops or uh, yeah, the legumes? I heard clover yeah. does that, doesn't it? You just yeah. put that at the beginning or end of the season. Yeah, clover's all um, nitrogen fixer. For most of the legumes, if you really want to, if you really want to take advantage of the nitrogen, it takes two seasons. So you plant them one year, then they would overwinter, and you grow them the next season throughout the whole season and then work those in right before work those in or terminate them right before you plant the following the what would be the 
the third year after the second year after you planted. I mean, that's that's really utilizing. Uh, or I, I don't know if you want to say utilizing. I'm just saying it seems like you're kind of um, you've got this beautiful land there, but if you're not really using it, you know, to get what you want for that much, that long, doesn't, does that does that like doesn't provide a cash crop? Right. Does that seem like you could? Utilize a it. misuse of your of your you allocation could, of your time. You could utilize it by haying it, or by grazing it. Ideally, um, grazing the grazing it's ideal the ideal way to utilize it. But no, it comes down to the back to the diversity and, and doing the rotation of crop rotations, you know, and and letting your land set idle for a season doesn't hurt anything. It doesn't hurt the land. It might not provide an income to your pocket, but it's good for the land to let it sit. Well, I guess that's part of the, the, the tending and making sure that, you know, you still have something uh, 10 years down the road. kind of makes, makes you... Seven generations. Seven generations, yeah, yeah. That's another way to put it. And then you don't maybe have to have to buy some of that nitrogen fertilizer, too, like right. manures that you would have to put in, too. So, so sure. it, might, it might save some money, too. Just let it sit. Yeah. Now, you, you do this for a couple of seasons. What's... The next step, yeah, I noticed, I noticed on the, the notes here that you've got permanent cover. Well, that's, what, what's the transition from, from just those couple of seasons to, I'm just going to use a lot, utilize this as a, you know, a hay field or a, not even a hay field, but just a grass you, field. If you, if you take something that's in a, a two-year cover crop and, and then convert it back to a row crop situation, back into corn or something, you can, with... You can be fairly effective in terminating some cover crops with a crimper, a cover crop crimper. Sometimes uh, you can use livestock to graze them down short. If we were going to pull something out of, out of a permanent cover like that, we would probably till. More than likely, it has probably been four years since we've tilled it. Uh, out here? If we were going to have something like that, it would have been in two or three crops that weren't tilled before that. And then it would have been two years in a cover crop. And so we'd be looking at four to six years since that was tilled last time. Well, no, I mean, I've, I've seen the, the garden so, out there. There are certain sections that well, they look like they're just grass. I mean, is that is that what you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not, it's not a bad thing. I'm just saying, you know. Right, that's part of our rotation. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's by design. Okay. Right. All right. Or it's quack grass. Or it's quack grass. <laughs> it's quack grass. <laughs> I mean, that's by design, I'm sure, too. <laughs> Well, you think that that would add, though, I mean, that without actually tilling up the, 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 it sounds like a great way to just, you know, just have everything die in there and, and have it, um, you know, just mulch up again, you know. Called sheet mulch is a common term that they call that, that type of mulching. Bruce Strout, Bruce Stout was kind of the founder of that. Wrote a couple books on it years ago. Ruth Stout. Stout. He was Stout. Might be strong. Did you get that out of what he said? <laughs> no. Ru- okay. Rude. Ruth. 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 Stout. Ruth Stout. Stout. Okay. I think that's what her name is. I could be yes. Stroke, but I think it's Stout. Oh. And and she's talking about this sheet mulching. Is that what you're talking about? Did I, did I hear that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Ruth Imogen Stout. Books. The Ruth Stout No Work Garden Book and Gardening Without More. For all you lazy gardeners out there, look up Ruth Stout. We do have one garden here that is in permanent deep mulch in the rabbit fence the rabbit fence fence. yeah 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 yep and it's got the the designed raised beds sure and that's in a a permanent um a permanent deep mulch when we prepared the beds last year 
we um, raked off hay off the off the beds. We supplemented the soil some with some compost and um, some other nutrients, and then we put new. We dug. Redug the beds. We redug the beds, so there's some of the topsoil that was in the in the walkways was dug up and put on top of the beds to reshape them. Those are those little, little mounds that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. All the, all yeah. the raised beds, the raised all beds. beds. Very yeah. cool. And Such then, a neat looking garden, I think. And then we remulched with uh, with new hay. Mm-hmm. For that garden, we're actually breaking one of the soil health principles because we do a very good job. We we don't ever plan on tilling it again, so we're minimizing we're Minimizing tillage to the maximum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, we keep it covered constantly, so it has a living mulch, or or has mulch or living plants on it all the time. And we use crop rotation and companion planting so that we have a lot of diversity out there. But it goes through the winter without any living roots in the soil. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of breaking that rule. But but you said that the mulch there kind of helps that out, though, doesn't it? Kind of keeps well, the soil. It's better than it's still going to support nothing. some of the microbes because microbes can feed off that organic matter as well. But like mycorrhizae fungi that has that symbiotic relationship with a plant root's not going to be there. Dead. Yeah. But we grew six, seven pound cauliflowers out of there last year, and onions that averaged eight ounces a piece. So everything seems to be doing pretty good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I say these are principles. We're breaking one of them, but we're doing a really good job on the other three. On the others, yeah. And there's so, always trade-offs. Seems like it works. And you try to find a balance for what's practical um, and what's the best for your soil. And for your system. And for your system. What works for you. There's no no cookie cutter for this thing. Do your best. So we use we use hay out here, even though um, there's a lot of weed seeds and, and seeds in hay, but... Um, because we can't get straw, uh, it's more difficult to get straw. But the hay, the hay works. Um, the rodents like it, but <laughs> we do what we can. Um, my favorite mulch to use at home on my raised beds, and I've put a little bit out here at, at uh, Happy Dancing Turtle, our wild rice hulls. Um, the the processing uh, plants that process wild rice, whether it's it's cultivated around my area. Um, they parch the rice and hull it and the hulls get blown out um, into a big pile and I go there and I scoop them up and they smell delicious. I bet. (laughs) (laughs) And if you get them while they're still pretty fresh, they're not dusty, there's no weed seeds in them, um, they're really soft um, and I use that in my raised beds. It's really easy to handle um, and they're free. Which is nice too. Um, if you have a, a buddy that processes wild rice, you know maybe maybe you can get some free too. But um. <laughs> Jim's, I'm not giving we, away my wild rice. Yeah, yeah, I don't process that much. Probably don't do enough to right. to, to, to to be to able mul- to use do it much in your, mulching, yeah. in we, your mulch. But well, we covered a lot this uh, this this episode. We we definitely bounced all over, but hopefully we found something. You found something that you can use. Um, thank you so much for listening in if you have any more questions please don't hesitate to let us know Uh, we um, can be reached at www.happydancingturtle.org and hopefully we'll see you again the next episode compost happens compost does indeed happen (laughs) especially nowadays (laughs) that's better
Yeah, I like it. <laughs>